Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Royal Verse read along analysis podcast that sets out to read all of the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we continue our timeline journey with The King Chronicles, The Red Pyramid, Chapter 33, We Go Into the Salsa Business, and Chapter 34, Doughboy Gives Us a Ride, which are from Carter's point of view. As always I have my points to focus on, so today... Well, we've only got one, really, which is narrative, and of course, generally what I thought of it. But to begin, here's the synopsis. With a bloodthirsty lioness and a destroyed boat, the trio have to rely on Doughboy Truck Driver to get them to Phoenix. While travelling, revelations about Zia's story and current predicament come to life with some interesting changes. And that's a really bad synopsis, but don't worry, we'll be going into the overview soon anyway. Um, As per, as I want to let everyone know, if you are enjoying this podcast and want to help support me continue to do this for years and years and years and years, um, I would very much appreciate it if you could support the show by heading over to patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran and go to the podcast tier on, uh, on Patreon to get early access to episodes for this as well as all the other podcasts that I do and also all of my YouTube videos. Uh, it'll help support the show, it'll help me get better equipment and basically it will just help support me in general because I'm unemployed, this is basically all I do so if you can help me out that would be really appreciated. Uh, if not, don't worry, just share this with your friends. That's all I can ask at the end of the day. So tell your friends and let's get into it. So first up, we are with chapter 33. We go into the salsa business. So here is the overview for chapter 33. Carter unfortunately doesn't have his driver's license and evasive maneuvers without knowing how to drive a boat never go well. Zia, in her occasional aware state, tells them to go to the salsa warehouse. Once there, she talks about a plan to trick Sekhmet into eating all the salsa by thinking it's blood to calm her down. With a little planning, they're able to put her into her sleeping restful cow form because mythology. Now, without a boat, they have to figure out a way to get to Phoenix in time, but Sadie still doesn't trust Zia. And don't worry, I'm getting to that. Thankfully, though, they remember a special somebody to help. Doughboy. And that's basically the overview for chapter 33. Um, I'm, I, I really, like, I have my issues with it, but I did really enjoy this chapter because I liked seeing sort of the teamwork aspect that happened here of, like, Sadie Carter and Zia working together to defeat a god, like an almighty powerful goddess. But that's where the critique comes in because this is an almighty powerful goddess and I do think they managed to defeat her a little bit too easily in that it literally they managed to defeat her in like eight pages (laughs) um 
And considering it was like a huge deal in the previous chapter that she was being summoned, the fact that she's defeated in eight pages is kind of disappointing. But, you know, um, well, obviously technically less than eight pages because we have the travelling to the Salsa factory and then figuring out how to get to Phoenix after they've defeated her. But, yeah, so that's just a thing. But... Okay, so I know I'm the Carter Defence Squad, but I feel like I've also become this, the Sadie Callout Squad, because, as per usual, as I'm finding, Sadie is pissing me off. <laughs> like, this chapter, even though it's not even from Carter's point of view, the things that she's doing are frustrating to me, because she doesn't trust Zia remotely, even though she has now saved their lives twice in under an hour and in total she saved their lives four separate times in a matter of days and yet she still doesn't trust her and she's mad at her for not trusting Amos when literally only a chapter or two ago neither Sadie nor Carter trusted Amos because they have no right to trust him right now because as Amos himself said he was let go from Set's prison a little bit too easy they're keeping things from him because they don't trust him so why is it suddenly bad for, Sa for, for Zia to not trust him she knows even less about him and she's also noticing some interesting and well I say interesting some dodgy things about him at current but apparently it's only bad when Zia does it uh, like just Sadie Pick, pick a rage, pick something to be mad about and it definitely shouldn't be anything in regards to Zia she still thinks that Zia is the reason why Desjardins turned up even after everything she did, like literally wiped herself out of magic to save them from Desjardins I know I'm not saying his name right, that doesn't matter but I just I truly do not understand remotely where Sadie's coming from and she's going this whole thing of like oh Carter is only defending Zia because he likes her yeah he may have a bit of a crush on her but we've also seen in his previous chapters that he doesn't fully trust Zia either but he does now because she's proven herself more than once that she is trustworthy she helped them defeat a somewhat undefeatable goddess goddess Jarjins off their back like it's just it's just really frustrating and trust me it's not going to get any better from my side in relation to Sadie but um that's basically all I want to say about that the only other thing that I do want to bring up in this chapter and it kind of goes back to the fact that I was saying they managed to defeat an almighty goddess in eight page, well less than eight pages this chapter it does feel a little bit of a nothing chapter like we get a show of their intelligence and ability to trick and deceive which may be for foreshadowing later but I kind of don't remember but also it's just it does just feel a little bit like what was the reason like I, I don't fully understand like what was the point of bringing in Sekhmet if she's not going to still be there like she was in this story for like five pages max and then she was defeated easily without like she hasn't caused them any problems except maybe they don't have a boat but they fix that really easily as well like honestly the, admittedly the only reason why i'm complaining about this is because of the fact that we are on page, uh, chapters 33 and 34 and this is a 41 chapter book 
Um, so that means we're coming to the end really quickly. And this chapter just feels kind of like, what does it add? What do we gain from this chapter? Other than just another reason to show that Zia is someone to be trusted. But what she did to Des Jardins should be enough of a reason to trust her anyway. So also the additional fact that seeing 41 chapters is just stressful to me because it's an uneven, it's not an even number. Um, and uh, considering there are two chapters, like each of the siblings gets two chapters each, I don't like the fact that one of them just suddenly has one chapter to themselves. So, unless it is that it's two of them. Either way, I just, I don't like that it's uneven, uneven chapters. But, you know, that's more of a personal <laughs> complaint. But it's also the fact that this chapter didn't really need to be here because it doesn't add anything of value. Except more learning that, yeah, Zia doesn't trust Amos. But we saw that earlier as well. And it comes back in the next chapter in the next chapter. But speaking of the next chapter, let us get into it. Because we're going to go into now chapter 34, Doughboy Gives Us a Ride. And here is the overview for chapter 34. Able to use the shabti, they steal a truck and have Doughboy drive as a coat. While on the way to Phoenix, Carter and Zia have a moment and share some things. Zia says that she will be outcasted by the house because of what she has done and will now have nowhere else to go. It is then that she mentions that Iskandar had taken her aside when they came back from London and said he was going to have to take her somewhere safe. But she then goes on to be a little bit confused when she realised he didn't, or at least he can't have, seeing as she's there in person. Zia then reveals that she knows Set's name somehow but isn't sure how. Carter, the genius he is, deduces that Nephthys is the missing goddess and only she would know Set's name. Zia is hosting Nephthys. As they head towards Phoenix, Zia confides that she thinks Amos may be hosting Set. And lo and behold, here arrives Amos. Dun dun dun. Duh. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, that was just. I, I, I love that this was a Zia centric chapter. Not gonna lie, she's my fave, so, you know, that's why I'm enjoying it. Only feedback I have for this is I love her. I love the role that she's playing. I love that she fully believes, like, she believes in fully that they can come together, even though she doesn't understand her role in that. But she believes that. The House of Life and the Canes coming together is the best way to help defeat Set, and kind of that's what she's kind of doing here, really. She's joining them to help defeat Set. Also, I do love this introduction of the fact that a godling doesn't always know they're a godling. Like, you do know that has happened because Carter and Sadie didn't know they were godlings. They kind of knew something was a bit weird when they were hearing a voice in their head, but until Horace and Isis fully introduced themselves to them, they didn't actually know they were godlings. And Zia is another kind where she's been hearing a voice, but she doesn't fully recognise that she's hearing a different voice. Like she doesn't really feel out of the ordinary. And nothing seems amiss to her. And she's very confused because she, she doesn't realise that she is a godling. And she has no idea what's going on with this. And so just in general, it seems like a very different situation to Horace and Isis. Um, and I just... 
I just really like this new introduction. I like that Zia has this bigger role that's going on here. Um, and it does make me disappointed for something that happens later, but you know, we'll get to that when we get to that. But to move into our subject matter um, in relation to narrative, again, it is basically just going to be me gushing about Zia because uh, Zia is a queen. Like, she is the most helpful character, and it irritates me to this day that she is not being trusted as much as she should be, even though she has been incredibly helpful, basically, from the start. I know she wanted them dead in London. I think it was her. You know, she was her. But, like, that one moment, and then she kind of changed her tune really quickly. She kind of got herself sorted out. But that one moment alone should not define her. She did still save their lives multiple times. Um, the only thing, admittedly, that I wish was happening was that Zia had a bit of more of a role in the story prior to this, like a build-up to this godling reveal, um, alongside maybe some hints that something isn't quite right with her. Um, like when they called, like for example, when Sadie and Bass called Nephthys and they got a message about like a sleeping host. I mean, it's not the best example, but what would have been interesting, when Sadie passed out of her having a vision of Zia as well, like kind of getting the similar hints to what like Carter gets later on about where to meet Zia. But something that would just kind of give the reader a little bit more of a hint towards it, because we've kind of not really had that so far. Like this, this one did feel a little bit out of left field, which says a lot considering that the other thing that isn't remotely out of left field and is so obvious that it's almost painful is the fact that the Amos's set thing is just kind of getting so obvious that it's insulting to me as a reader that we're trying to be given this red herring and yet right here at every moment someone mentions something suspicious about Amos in relation to set he appears like it's just it's it's insanely obvious at this point and they're trying to act like it isn't like like i said like amos quite literally appeared the moment zia was trying to discuss with carter about her suspicions about him and he just turned up like that's suspicious it's very much that meme of that's suspicious that's weird because it is it's just like they could have built this up so much better and it just, unfortunately, it really does get worse from here. If they wanted to do the red herring with Death Chargens, they could have done it so much better. Because literally the only thing they've got as the Death Chargens must be set is he's going after Carter and Sadie. But I'm like, the House of Life were going after them beforehand anyway. Like, it's not like his mission was suddenly very different. Like, it was very clear that they were going after them anyway because of what their dad was doing or what was he was planning them being godlings just added to it because obviously it was against the rules of the house of life but they were going after them anyway like they literally took them to the house of life it's just it feels like a really weird choice to suddenly well they didn't build it up well for des jardins because there is not enough evidence for it except they just think frenchman suspicious because he hates us um and that's kind of the only reason that's given for why they think it could be him Whereas with Amos, it's just laid out so easily that it's just kind of insulting. I don't know, I just... I either make discharging so much more obvious 
as a not as a red herring but just make his red herringness more apparent like make us really believe that it could be discharging sort of like what they do with luke a little bit in percy jackson that's the only way i can think of to compare to it you don't fully expect luke to be the bad guy until that last moment like there's small little hints but the reveal is so much worse whereas here we've not really got that like amos doesn't have this luke effect and i think he could have really benefited from that here and anyway i'll get into that in general more when that part comes up which is literally only in the next episode so next week be sure to join me where i rant and complain about this <laughs> um yeah but narratively i just like where we're leading up to things are kind of locking together we've got the answered question of what happened to nephthys and how she could actually be within zia but no official confirmation admittedly um because they don't fully know because zia doesn't recognize it themselves that like she doesn't have this connection to nephthys like sadie and god have to their gods um alongside the continuing build up to ah amos is a little bit suspicious um but there's not really that much narratively at the moment so this is going to be a really short episode i realize but um yeah only minor disappointments here really in this uh, in these chapters is that other than the zia thing in this in chapter 34 chapter 33 did just feel like a nothing chapter i think this is something i'm just going to definitely going to discuss a lot more in next week's episode is just i feel like there is some problems with how the narrative is being dealt with near this end part where things are suddenly picking up but in a way that it's not really settling in on the moments that it needs to like this whole zia is nephthys and has set's name isn't even of importance in this chapter really but it's like a big thing as well as like the suspicion of amos like we're not holding on these moments really easy because things are just keep happening because and in my opinion i think it is fully because rick just wanted to add so much in this book that he's wasted a little bit of time to get to the main things that you need to do in this book like we're at this point where things are just going so rapidly that you can't i don't know if i'm making any sense now but basically i think rick has just put too much this book did not need to be as long as it as it is right now and I think that's what like Rick has wasted some words here and is now trying to catch up with where the narrative needs to be and it's a rushing through it um and you'll see what I mean when we go into next week's episode but anyway I'll stop talking now um <laughs> very short episode guys so hopefully you've been able to enjoy uh what's happened here um as always the thing that you are waiting for it is this week's question of the episode so I want to know were you surprised to find out that Zia was hosting Nephthys or did you already have your suspicions? Whatever the case, obviously comment it on the social media that'll be going up um, the day after this episode is out. So I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, yeah, as always, thank you all for joining me for these chapters. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Ronverse journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically wherever you listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email the Best Damn Camp at hotmail.com, or if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page 
at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Royalverse content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see, shall I speak to you all next time. Bye.